Welcome to episode 1215 of The Sleeper in the Bus. I am Justin Mason, joined as always on Sundays by Jason Collette. How you doing, my friend? Paul, I'm doing back-to-back scores of 16 on Immaculate Grid. It's made for a nice weekend. Uh, survived UCF trying to uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, so, you know, they did that. That was nice. Uh, and uh, it, it is the uh, debut is the first kickoff of the post-Daniel Snyder era. So I know we are both super happy uh, about that. I'm actually going to sit down and watch some NFL today just because I want to see what that looks like. Um now that the now that our favorite franchise is out of hell, yeah, I don't know how much football I'm going to watch. I'm, to be quite honest, um, I uh, oh, I'll last a quarter. I'm yeah, going to last one quarter. <laughs> it'll be on in my house because other people will be watching it. But uh, you know, me personally, I'm at a point where I'm just so deep into baseball. I was telling you about my main event league. Uh, the, those of you who follow me on Twitter. Uh, have seen me post uh, a screenshot of my league standings uh, coming into yesterday. There were four teams, including myself, tied in first and three <laughs> other teams within two points of first uh, to the point where I lost two points yesterday and now I'm in seventh. Uh, it's it's just been an insane league. And so I'm just I was up till one o'clock in the morning trying to figure out uh, my fab strategy for today. It's uh, I'm just fully immersed in trying to keep my team's profitable this year. Yeah, like how's your how's your gut doing? Because you Not and I good. are in similar situation. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was telling you off air. You know, you've got this league. I have a, a local fifteen team league where I'm anywhere from first to third, depending on the morning, because there are so many categories. The top three teams are all tight, and so it just keeps flopping around. Uh, and XFL, uh, I'm I was toggling first, second. Now I'm I appear to be in a solid second, and I need another heater of a week to catch uh, Ian Kahn and Steve Gardner's co-managed team. Uh, in labor, I'm holding on to a four-point lead, nail labor, but you know the news, losing losing Taylor Ward not being able to get any rebate off him because in labor, if it happens after the All-Star break, you get nothing. So I lost that one. Then Anthony Rizzo, I thought, okay, maybe he'll come back. Nope, that's not happening either. Uh, and so I'm just trying to hold on to what I can offensively. Mickey Moniak being out all week. Uh, with back spasms hasn't helped that problem either. Uh, so I've had a really rough offensive week, and then uh, I'm still trying to recover from the Lance Lynn. How do you four innings to shut out baseball and they give up eight runs in the fifth? It, it's like it, I lost two points the second yeah. time, second consecutive outing. That bum has lost two points for me, and it's like I have to look at it long and hard again today. But I think he's gone off my roster. Uh, I, I he's I can't bench him. I got Taj Bradley in reserve, who I didn't activate this week, and I'm kind of thankful I didn't because he didn't have a great outing either. But I have to make a decision how I'm going to move forward. Wins were tight, and that's really why I was carrying Lance Lynn once he went to the Dodgers, got off to a thing, and I I knew the Atlanta start was going to go poorly, and I think everybody who was still managing Lance Lynn knew that was going to happen. But I don't see – and yes, Lance Lynn's had his problems against lefties this year, uh, but what happened in that Miami game? I'm like, what? I mean, all three home runs off lefties, Wendell and Chisholm and uh, and Sanchez all got to him, and none of them were cheap. But that's where it's just like, oh, man, that really hurt. And I think you know, one of these things, it just was a uh, once that snowball started going downhill, you just couldn't react. They couldn't get somebody warm quickly enough. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Yeah, that, that was a pretty brutal one for me. I mean, at this point, if you haven't done already, I know that Paul and I have talked about it a number of times on uh, the Monday and the Friday episode. You need to be really in tune with your standings, right? Like any yeah. anything can change. 
uh, Lancelin killed me, and then you know Zach Gallen brought me out of the depths in order to yeah, help. Reese Castillo saved me the yeah. next day. It was like, yeah, the Rays lost. That that sucks. Uh, Luis Castillo saved me. Uh, yeah, that was a nice, uh, nice thing. And then, you know, before I forget Boston, how the hell do you get 23 hits in a game and lose it? Thanks for nothing. Thank you for nothing. Uh, well, we're going to talk about a bunch of guys. Uh, it's actually a pretty decent week of fab considering it's this late in the season. Uh, but first let's jump into some news and notes. Uh, Luis Severino got injured yesterday. Uh, looks like an oblique injury that's going to sideline him for the rest of the season. Uh, easy drop. Any interest in Luis Severino next year after what has been just a really kind of up and down and mostly down year for him? Depends on the price. I mean, it's been it's it's tough to recover from something where it's been all over the place like this uh, with him. You know, it was he was somebody that I Severino was somebody that I was actively avoiding this year just because I didn't like the market price, but you know, coming into the draft season, let's see what the market price is. And I would say the earlier you draft, the better that price is going to be just because yeah. of the recency bias that's going to come into play. And I know we, you know, there's, there's one active for, you know, for money league already being drafted out there. Uh, that was that it's, that's happening. So let's see where Severino goes in that, uh, that one. Uh, but I would say the market, the market price for him should be very nice. And so, End game, sure, but he's not somebody. I mean, this was somebody that was going as an SP two this year, so it's it's it should fade. Uh, and I'm not saying like, oh, SP two to SP three, oh, I'm in. SP four, still not in. Uh, I need to be able to see that he is going to give me uh, the Severino is going to be able to give me the innings uh, because so far, I mean, this year was puts a lot of question marks uh, around what his trajectory is from here. Yeah, we're gonna start seeing drafts here in the next month um you know people who are crazy like myself are say you guys are all sickos yeah. uh, i don't I, my first draft is xfl because we drafted at first pitch arizona so my first draft i know is november 2nd <laughs> yeah uh i don't know that i'm gonna be um participating in the xfl draft in uh in arizona uh you should if you are coming to fpass which you should do uh come to fpass it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, but for me, I think because I'm doing full projections again, I'm probably going to try to wait until my projections are done. Uh, so we'll see how far I get uh, by that point, the beginning of November when we're all in Arizona. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, he goes to the IL with a blister. He's going to miss at least 15 days, which is pretty much the end of the season. So uh, he's an easy drop. Any interest in Mackenzie Gore next year? No, drops, Phil. Uh, uh, sorry, next year. I thought, uh, I'm, my bad. Uh, yeah, it was it was nice to see the improvements he made this year, uh, considering he was almost on the, like, I don't want anything to do with him mm -hmm. uh, coming into the season. And then he definitely made the strides forward. You know, that that deal for Juan Soto certainly looked a lot better. And this, you know, we've talked about this often with, with fantasy baseball trades, with real baseball trades. You have to give these things like two years to age and then come back and look at it and say, okay, you know, early on, it was like, wow, you know, that was the price. But Juan Soto, once in a generation, C.J. Abrams took a nice step forward this year, mm -hmm. a massive step forward. And kudos to you for not getting off that. Uh, you know, you were on him all offseason. He's been carrying uh, it all year. <laughs> yeah, he's been mass. And then Gore took his step forward. So that's where it's like, uh, if anything, this was another reminder that it takes time for trades. You can't just be like gut reaction on the surface. You're going to do that. You're going to be like, oh, this trade sucks. Why did this owner make this trade with this owner or whatever? But you got to get these things 
uh, especially real baseball trades. Uh, and I'm talking real baseball trades or keeper league trades because often keeper league trades, hell, I'm in a league where a guy quit over a trade. It was like, I'm out. Uh, and ironically, his team's tied for first place right now. So he may win the league in absentia. Uh, and he was that upset about a trade uh, that was uh, that was done. But when you look at when you take a even then, yeah, it was upsetting for him. But like for him, his team, he was maxed out in offense. The players that the other team traded to the team he was contending with, you know, hit the the guy left. He had nothing in the standings. None of those players would have made an, a single point for him. And these were all expiring contracts for the other guy. And he got Felix Bautista out of it. This was before the injury, mind you. But that was the trade. Uh, and so he, the guy was like, I'm out. I quit. This is crap. Uh, and he may win the league in absentia. Now we're still going to pay him out, but he is now we got to find another owner. Uh, so, you know, these things happen. And I, and as long as I've been playing fantasy, I've seen, uh, I saw a football trade like that one time. It, it was always my reminder of uh, uh, not wanting to play in a veto league because a guy made a trade and the league was like, oh, this sucks. And they vetoed the guy wanted Randall Cunningham. And like the next week, Randall Cunningham gets a starting job from Brad Johnson in uh, uh in minnesota and hooked up with randy moss and was like the fantasy mvp the rest of the season but that guy quit the league because people vetoed the trade he had made to get randall cunningham before the all that news all that stuff happened so it's just like don't play in veto league guys yeah i i veto should be reserved for collusion only and uh yeah. and then more drastic things need to happen than just the veto if that's if that's happening um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be interested in Gore as well uh, next year. I, I liked him this year. Uh, you know, he, he was a little bit rockier down the stretch um, with him, but uh, I, he took a nice little step forward. I think he'll continue to get better. we got to remember he's a former top-tier prospect, so there's a lot of talent in that arm. Uh, yeah. Felix Batista seen playing catch before the Orioles game on Friday. Any chance you'd be interested in picking up Felix Bautista on the chance that maybe he's back for the last week or so of the season? No, yeah. I, I need I need the three weeks. I mean, Baltimore's season makes or breaks this week. They've got a four game lead, three and a half or four game lead. I forget, uh, and then the Rays and O's face each other. And if Rays don't sweep them this week, that division's done. Baltimore's got a just a great schedule the rest of the way. Um, but at that, that said, I need three weeks of pitching over one week of a guy that may get two innings in that final week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think even if he is back, it's maybe back for a game or two before the end of the season. And is he going to be pitching in high leverage? Are they going to want to risk him there? Or is this just trying to see if there's a chance he could be back for the playoffs? I, I just don't think that he's going to be impactful enough to use him as a pickup. Uh, someone who is going to be uh, uh, useful – uh, and widely picked up in leagues where he was dropped is Jonathan India um, was activated today. Uh, we thought he, there was a chance he could be back on Tuesday when the Reds start a series. He's going to be back today, which means the fat bids are going to go up uh, a little bit here. Um, any interest in Jonathan India and how does it affect the rest of the Reds lineup? Yeah, and that was, that was going to be my question to you. It's like when you look at yeah, – there's no like obvious – Oh, we can just yank this guy out, and and that's gonna like where do they find? It's tough. I mean, they've got all the other, they've got a nice lineup. Yeah, yeah. they got some platoon situations, but they have a nice lineup. Uh, so I don't obviously they want you're gonna want to get India in at some point, but I don't know if he's gonna be every day. But at this point, if you've got Fab dollars left, this is kind of the stuff that you want to throw your darts at. 
I mean, the, the other piece is they've got Hunter Green coming back today off the COVID IL. Uh, so he's starting today as well um, there. But so they've got two nice pieces coming back to their lineup. But I don't know if, if India's guaranteed. Where's he gonna, like I said, you look at this lineup and I'm having a tough time just saying, put him here, set it and forget it. This guy's out. I, I'm honestly having a tough time with that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to play regularly. I think it just isn't going to be as full-time as it was prior to him going down. Remember, he was going to be, uh, or he was widely uh, speculated as a guy who could be traded the trade deadline right. for pitching yeah. because they were just so loaded. And now he's coming back into this loaded situation where Spencer Steer has been playing second base. Um, I assume that Steer will become kind of a super utility guy. You know, play corner outfield, play third base, play second, play first, and kind of every every day that one of these guys needs a day off, Steer is going to be the guy giving him uh, them days off. Uh, it's crazy for a guy that's been hitting second, third, or fourth all week. Yeah, that he now becomes the utility guy. But that's they've got a good lineup. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, when when they made those waiver pickups, you went, okay, this is going to cause problems, and it has. You look at a guy like T.J. Friedel who in a weekly league coming up is almost unplayable because they've got like three lefties out of six games. Um, you know, and it means a lot of the outfielders are kind of unplayable this week. Yeah. Fraley uh, sat against both lefties this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Friedel Friedel played yesterday, but hit ninth and Will Benson sat against both lefties. So they used Harrison Bader against righties leading off. That's exactly what you should do. That's why they picked up Harrison Bader. Uh, and Senzel played left field against both lefties. Uh, you know, one day for uh, one day for Benson, one day for uh, for Friedel. Uh, or yeah, that's how the matchup. So I mean, they've got outfield by committee, uh, and they have. But Hunter Renfro has still been in there since you know he missed two days, but then he's DH'd uh, the past two days. He's out of today's lineup though, uh, so they don't have him in there today. They've got. Uh, Luke, they got Sunday catcher thing happening, and Nick Martini is getting a start, I guess, to keep him fresh. Um, it's funny when Nick Martini plays, he hits fifth, but he only plays three days a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I think it's going to be, um, it, you know, they're going to be giving guys days off uh, in order to keep them fresh. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to become even more of a clusterfuck than it already has been. Uh, which um, I, I'm still targeting. Indian fab in a couple spots where I need a middle infielder, but uh, I also understand people just like saying, I don't really want to deal with, uh, with, you know, going to be the uneven lineup uh, pretty much every single day. Uh, Let's, uh, let's move into fab uh, and we'll start with uh, Kyle Wright, who's expected to return this week. Any interest in picking up Kyle Wright? Yeah. And we get back to the situation with Atlanta. I mean, I'm concerned, and we're already starting to see it a little bit. Like if you're a Sean Murphy owner, it's been you know Sean Murphy's been getting a lot of rest to catcher to the point in a 15 team. I'm benching him this week because you know he's only playing three. He played three days this week, so yeah. Atlanta is like clearly in let's get ready for October mode. But for Kyle Wright, they're going to want to get is they're going to want to get him built up. So for for me, this is one of the guys I want to make sure that I can get into. Obviously, the Soroka situation stinks. Uh, you know that they need to have something, but the, there are other guys. They're going to try to get keep them regular and fresh, but they're not going to push them with right. He sh- he'll be able to get out there and get his workload in. So yeah, I'm interested in right. Yeah, I am too. I mean, Atlanta's the best team in baseball, and anytime you can get a pitcher uh, on the best team in baseball, 
that you know is going to be in line for a win no matter how poorly he pitches the only problem is in his uh or he hasn't he's i guess he hasn't even done a rehab start i'm not even oh never mind uh let me he did he made a rehab start (laughs) earlier this yeah so his in his his most recent rehab start he only went three and two thirds um he struck out seven in those three and two thirds uh but will he go deep enough into the game to qualify for a win is a question so yeah maybe not this first one mm-hmm. but from moving forward you know moving forward obviously they're going to want to build him up um there i'm just trying to look at what he's got um which start would he pick i guess he would pick up the second one because wine Winans goes today so maybe he picks up the um the friday start they're off thursday i'm sorry so maybe he gets the friday start whoever they're playing on friday because I can't see it. I was looking at next six days, probable starters. But So he may get that second wine and start, or perhaps Atlanta goes to a six-man rotation just so everybody continues to get their work. I haven't seen any news on that particular piece. My assumption is I believe he should be starting doing his last rehab start in AAA today or tomorrow. Um, All right, that would put him on pace for Friday then. So, you would, yeah, you would have like Friday or Saturday start, depending on how he kind of lines up into the rotation. I th- I think if you can, um, you know, check and see if he's in the lineup today, how far he's going before you put in fab bids, because that should determine how much fab you're willing to spend on a guy like Kyle, right? Uh, all right. Uh, next guy is Chase Silseth, who's back in the rotation for the Angels. Any interest there? Uh, he's going to be at Seattle this week. Uh, so, no. I mean, he's got a matchup against Luis Castillo at Seattle whose offense uh, has been, you know, mostly except for, you know, they were only were able to plate the one run on Thursday, but they had five yesterday. Uh, they have been on a nice offensive tear uh, from there, but no, I'm not interested this week. Uh, perhaps let's look again next Sunday, uh, or if you have some depth, you can, you know, play a stash if you want to. Uh, actually, let's hold on a second. Time out. Um, Nevin said Wednesday that Silseth concussion won't be activated from the seven-day injured list to pitch against the Guardians. So, uh, yeah, they just pushed him back yeah. a, a week on that. Okay, just wanted to make sure that that's where it is. But, no, I don't like the matchup this week. And, and you know, with his with Silseth's problems with home runs this year and Seattle's uh, penchant for hitting him, uh, I'm going to pass. Okay. Uh, he would line up for a start likely either Wednesday or Thursday next week against your Tampa Bay Rays. Uh okay. I mean I'm looking yeah the following week, yeah, that's I mean they they faced Silseth, the Rays faced Silseth a couple of weeks ago and if memory serves me correct, they got to him pretty well unless I'm configuring the wrong game. Yeah. Yeah, 3 and 2 thirds, 5 hits, 2 home runs, 5 runs, 3 walks, 4 strikeouts. Uh so that was just uh on August 19th. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm just gonna pass. Yeah, I think I'm Although, gonna pass. Yeah, I say this. <laughs> All right, so this is right before Seattle got hot. This is why I remember thinking early August, Silsa struck out 12 Mariners in seven innings uh, and scattered two runs back on August 6th. And that was the only time he's faced them this year. But mm-hmm. he did that back on that particular outing. Um, but then Seattle, I want to say since then, has been ridiculous. Yeah, I think the um yeah, I mean, Seattle's been one of the hottest teams of baseball in the second half. I, I think the issue is, you know, we don't know exactly, like, 
how built up and ready he's going to be to even go five. Uh, and that's if he pitches well enough to go five. So I think I probably would avoid this one as well. Uh, yeah. And just kind of look for maybe a you know better matchup for my streaming. Right now, like the most important thing in terms of streaming pitchers is the matchups I'm facing. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, so if we look at if we look at since that outing, since the Sil Seth outing, Seattle has the third highest home run total in the league with 54, behind only Philadelphia and Atlanta, who have 63 and 60 respectively. And weighted on base average, Seattle is fourth behind Houston, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Seattle. So that's the kind of matchup that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same Seattle team that he faced in early, in early August. So let's pass. All right. Uh, what about Ryan Nelson who came up, had a, a good uh, start for uh, Arizona um, is going to pull at least one start, maybe even two, depending on how uh, the Diamondbacks kind of fare their rotation for the next week. Um, he's definitely going to start at the Mets um, and he could start uh, home versus Chicago Cubs at the end of the week. Are you interested in Ryan Nelson at all? You have my attention with two starts, yeah. uh, especially, you know, you and I both talked about leagues where it, everything's tight and standings. Uh, I'm assuming wins are tight for, tight for you as they are for me in some leagues yeah. or a quality start uh, type of thing. So, yeah, you have my attention to two weeks and looking at the Cubs matchup. He'll be going. If he goes, he'll go against Jordan Wicks. The Mets matchup, he's got Jose Quintana. It's at New York. Uh, so, yes, I'm interested in Ryan Nelson this week. Yeah, I mean, right now, two win or two starts um, are huge because there's so many teams running six-man rotations. So there are going to be so many teams over the course of the next couple of weeks that skip guys, that shut guys down early, that don't let guys go deep enough even to qualify for wins. And so to get guys who are in line for, you know, potentially two wins if they pitch well twice um, is really, really valuable. I mean, Nelson is one of those guys, though, too, that can give up home runs, that can struggle with his control uh, and walk a lot of guys. So be careful about the start you pick. But when you're getting a depleted Mets roster uh, and then a Cubs roster, yeah, it's like, pretty good. Yeah. Um you know, worst case scenario, the Cubs get to him, but you might get a really good shot at winning uh, that Mets game. So, um, yeah, it's Arizona's like okay, hot. the Pete Alonso homer, the Pete Alonso homer, the Brandon Nimmo homer. Eh, okay, uh, that's I mean, that's that's who I have in fantasy teams. So that's what I check the box mm -hmm. scores for. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, Nimmo has been pretty hot uh, to finish the season. I appreciate him in my main event right now. Yes, um, <laughs> Cal Quantrill came off the IL and had a really good start. For the Angels, uh, he's going to get a start versus, uh, I thought it was somebody. For the Guardians, you mean? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, for the for the, for the Guardians. The he's going to be, he's <laughs> against, no, actually, he's going up against my Giants in San Francisco. Yes. Uh, and then he'll no. line up for a two-step next week. Any interest in Cal Quantrill? Who's the two-step next week? That That's It'll, honestly going to determine because the Giants match up. You know, it's, It'll be to me, at, that's a, at Kansas City Kansas home City. versus Baltimore. And by oh. that point, maybe Baltimore has the division wrapped up. 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter with the 28 man roster. That's the thing with this. It typically, let's go back to old baseball rules. If it was a 40 man roster, we'd have a lot more guys up and we'd have guys mm -hmm. taking regular, but we only have one hitter and one pitcher coming up. So these guys are really staying fresh. It's just a matter of, okay, we're going to maybe use this pinch hitter and do this, but these guys are going to be playing through that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's not like the old days where, you know, we used to get to this point in September and we're just like, oh my God, give me somebody who's going to play. Uh, so this is where it's become a little easier as fantasy managers is we're able to, we don't have to worry about a a 17 man hitting bench where all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're going to give half the lineup a day off, like a, like a, a fourth week preseason football game. Right. So uh, that said that Baltimore and, and Kansas city, that matchup can go either way. I've seen them, you know, I've seen them beat up some team, some pitches they shouldn't and then lay down for some, they should take advantage of. So I'm going to, and I've never been a big, Cal Quantrill fan. Uh, so I'm going to pass on this one. Uh, I think I'm going to go for it. The Giants are not great offensively. I know they've hit better the last two days against the Rockies, but it's against the Rockies. Um, uh, and, you know, then you get Kansas City uh, in Kaufman, which is a great place to pitch. Uh, you know, that Baltimore start might be a little bit scary, but again, how many guys are going to get two steps rest of the way? Um, and now you're going to get three starts over these next two uh, two weeks. I think he should be a priority pickup, um, you know, especially if you're chasing wins. He's obviously not going to get a ton of strikeouts from a guy like Quantrill, but ratio help and potential uh, wins. You know, if you get two wins and good ratios from from Quantrill, I think that makes it worth uh, the gamble right there. Uh, next guy on the docket uh, is Tyler Kinley. And if you are wondering who the hell is Tyler Kinley, don't worry. I was in the same boat a day or two ago. But he is now, appear he appears to be the closer for the Colorado Rockies. Do you care? Kind of have to. He has two he has two saves this week. You kind of, if, if you're in one of those where saves are tight, yes, you have to care because he has the job. Uh, it, it may be just a, a thing, but he has two saves this week uh, and three chances. He didn't blow the other one. He just pitched and uh, you know, had a uh, walked one of the guys, but he has pitched two and a third this week, has picked up two saves. He's been in the Colorado picture. He's been there. It's just one of these things where it's like, okay, Kenley, your turn. Because you know he's been in the organization. He's been on the roster for a few years, and I don't believe he had had a save prior to that. Uh, I'll actually I go back and uh, I'm going to go back and look at that right now. Cause I just had his page up, uh, he had one save for Miami in 2019. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so he had all, he had a hundred and something innings as a Rocky without a save. No, I mean, the and crazy then, part yeah. is he has not pitched well this year. He's just pitching well right now and they're just going to him. So this could all go up in flames in a hurry. But like you said, like if you're chasing saves right now, he's a guy who's going to potentially get saves down the stretch uh, you might need to risk your ratios a little bit if you're in that. Yeah, he could Sean Chaconia, uh, mm -hmm. and and because he has a 675 ERA, a 546 FIP, yeah, uh, oh, and he's got the strikeout rate. But a 160, the 381 BABIP, the 381 BABIP, ooh, <laughs> a 163 WHIP. Uh, I mean, it's 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 not good in the ratio department. He gives up a lot of home runs. You know, he's over two home runs per nine. Uh, but like I said, if you're you're in need of saves. Uh, he's a guy that uh, could be very interesting uh, for your fantasy team. Um, all right. Uh, moving on over to the hitters, Alex Kirilov is going to be widely picked up in a number of leagues. He's back on the Twins. Any interest there? 
honestly, it would depend on how many lefties they're they're going to face this week. Uh, that's you know when he is he's been back. He came back uh, Friday, so he's back this week, and he sat against the lefty on Saturday. He had sixth in the two games that he played in uh, for that. I would like to see what they have, what their probable matchups this week. So he's going to have. Uh, Righty, righty, righty against the Rays. Righty, righty, righty. He's got all righties this week, yeah. so yes. Yeah, he, he's, he's going a seven-game week, and all seven starting pitchers are righty. So that's yes. And the back half of that schedule is really good. You got four games against Minnesota. All righties: Jose Urena, um, Jesse Schultons, Dylan Cease, and Tuki Tassant all pitching. Uh, against the Twins for the White Sox. I mean, I yeah, you gotta, you're going to have to eat the glass now outing. Yeah. That could potentially be ugly. Uh, Littell is not a swing and miss guy. I mean, Littell, I texted you, Paul, and Eno, because like, the first two innings of that, his most recent outing, it was like, okay, this this is over. And then he went six innings of yeah. like, one-hit baseball. Uh, but it was just the ball was just going where it should, and the first two innings it didn't, and he lost the game one nothing. Uh, so you're going to have to eat the glass now. Who just, he's coming off a 14-strikeout performance of a, a Boston lineup that has – uh, not had trouble hitting again, 23 hits in a game and still lose. Uh, so you're going to have to get that one, but the rest of this week, you couldn't ask for a better, a better situation. He's going to be out there seven, all seven games. And, uh, you may have a rough start on Monday, but, uh, Kirilov should have ample opportunities because the twins are putting up runs. Uh, and Royce Lewis, I think has a grand slam every other day. At this point feels like it. <laughs> He's just been insane. His price he, Royce Lewis is going to be like a top five round guy next year. People are going to go insane over his uh, kind of end of the season, uh, which I understand. I don't know that I'll be in at that price. I definitely won't be in at that price, but um, I'm sure other people will be pushing him up their boards. Uh, Hunter Goodman is playing a lot uh, for Colorado. You've made a really nice play in the outfield out last night against the Giants. Uh, a lot of power, not a lot of contact. Any interest in Hunter Goodman? Uh, they are home all week. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they home all week if you're trying to make your play for trying to make your play for power. I mean, he has hit. He has been in lineup every single day. Yes, he's hitting at the bottom of the lineup, playing seventh, uh, hitting seventh or eighth in the lineup. But they are in Colorado all week. So, uh, depending on the depth of your league format, yes. And this is a seven-game week. Yeah. So, the conditions are ripe. Uh, for taking a shot on somebody. They have 14 home games left. They're home all week this week. They're away all next week uh, on a six-game week. And then they're back home for a seven-game week for the final week of the season. So um, get your Rockies. You're going to get to use them two-thirds of the time, but you, you, you know, you'll know exactly when to put them in, when to not. Uh, Goodman's one of those guys that – could hit he could just hit a crap ton of home runs rest of the way. He also could strike out and probably will strike out at like a 40% clip. So, you know, if you are in a league that penalizes you for strikeouts, uh, he is definitely a guy to avoid. Um, or if you're in a league where your batting average is in any sort of peril, um, you might want to avoid that one. But there is a ton of power, and if you're searching for power, uh Goodman is a good man to pick up. Uh Next, next guy is uh, Nick Prado, who was uh, activated off the IL, uh, former top prospect that's shown glimpses of being a useful player, uh, but has never really been able to put it together. Any interest in Nick Prado? 
I, I'm a big, I was a big Nick Prado fan coming into the season. Uh, yeah, I took him in multiple places, talked him up at the first pitch Florida uh, back in uh, early March. Uh, he did come off the IL this week, and he's played one of three games. He sat against the lefty, but he also he's also not playing today against the righty. Uh, and they have uh, Nick Lofton in there uh, instead. So a little curious about the playing time. If he's been, if, you know, if, if Prado's come back from this injury and he's only played one of the three games, I get not playing against the lefty, but today it's like, why are you doing this Sunday lineup crap with a guy that is just, you know, just coming and they got Edward Oliveris at uh, DH, but Oliveris has been hitting well of late. So that one I get, but it's just like, why are we giving Lofton this playing time today? And uh, so I'm a little frustrated by that, but I long-term I'm still a Nick Prado fan. And uh, I'm just not very interested in this kind of playing time situation. It just concerns me. Well, let's see what happens this week. I mean, this when we look at the lineups, um, he's going to have – he has a, uh, a six-day week. Mm-hmm. He's going to have uh, no lefties? One lefty. Uh, One lefty, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he, they get uh, Cole Reagan's um, – or no, sorry oh, – uh, uh, Framber Valdez um, at the end. Thank of you. The That's week. where I was looking. Um, I had to get down. So he's going to have, he should have five starts. So, but um, he also yeah. is going up against, um, you know, the back end of the, uh, the Astros lineup or um, uh, yeah. rotation. So I think I would probably avoid this one outside of like the deepest of leagues. You know, if he plays four games or even three games and one of them is against, you know, some good pitchers, I just I don't know that it's going to be worth it. Um, I like the player, but not the situation. How's yeah, that? I agree. Um, let's talk about the top prospects, uh, you know, that have been called up that are going to be going uh, in fab in uh, leagues where they haven't already been picked up. That's Jordan Lawler and then Evan Carter. Um, let's start with Lawler. How I mean, obviously you're you're going to be as aggressive as you can be this late in the season, but do you think that Lawler can be a guy who moves the needle for you, rest of the way? Where? What do they do? What do they do to their lineup to he's, make room for him? I mean, he's been playing shortstop. They they moved uh, Perdomo over to third. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have to be – I want to say, yeah, he's going to hit. So he's hit 8A, but he's hitting 2 today. Mm-hmm. So that's more intriguing. Uh, against the lefty, they have him in his second. Against righties, they have him hitting eighth. Then again, where are they going to move? It's like they're not going to touch the top half of their lineup. So that's the only thing that concerns me is where they have him in the lineup. Other than that, I mean, if they're going to make the room for him like this, fine. I mean, yeah, they, they DFA'd um... – uh, was Nick Ahmed uh, in order to put him on the roster? Uh, he's been playing pretty regularly. Um, there is power. There's a little. There's there's more speed. Uh, there's not a ton of contact ability, and so if your batting average again is in rough shape, he's one of those guys that uh, could end up actually hurting you there. But it looks like they're pretty committed to giving him kind of as many starts as they can rest of the way, in spite of being in a playoff race. Uh, like I said, they moved Perdomo over to third base. Um, and then Kettle Marte actually got uh, hurt in yesterday's game, so Perdomo may move over to second uh, in order to uh, fill in for him. So uh, I'm in a league where uh, I need a second baseman or, or or a shortstop. I'm going all in for him. So 
I'm I've got no problem. Uh, I think he is much more uh, potentially much more valuable rest of the way than the next guy we're going to talk about, which is Evan Carter. Evan Carter, uh, top tier prospect. Again, you can go and listen. I think Friday's episode where uh, Paul and I talked about him kind of in depth. Uh, he's been called up to replace Adolis Garcia. Any interest in Evan Carter? I was, I was for those that are watching the recording. I went off camera because I was looking for my Evan Carter bobblehead. Oh, okay. Uh, I went. I went to a Hickory Crawdads game, uh, and it was Evan Carter bobblehead night, uh, mm-hmm. and. Evan Carter had already been promoted uh, to the to the next level, so Evan Carter's father threw out the first pitch because Evan Carter wasn't there. So I was like, "Oh man, I was hoping to see him play, and he, he just he wasn't there." Uh, but they have aggressively promoted him. I mean, he went from high A to double A. I'm sorry, he was a. They had the Evan Carter bobblehead. I take that back. Evan Carter was in a Hickory last year. They gave him the thing this year. She was in double A. Triple A, and now he's got it to the majors. I mean, he had uh, he's had a fantastic just looking at the stats, just fantastic minor league numbers all the way through. Texas is in absolute need of this. I mean, they have been uh, in a free fall, absolute free fall. And I, I kind of all started when Josh Young went down with injury, but that offense has just not been the same. If you're a fantasy team, and I'm not, I'm right there with you because I had pieces of this, um, but it's to the point even before the Adolis Garcia injury, I benched him. Uh, I just, it, you know, at, since the home run derby, if you're all looking for like, hey, there, there was your guy. That was your guy that has never broken out of the slump since the home run derby. Every year you want to put one, there was your guy. So Garcia's never really woke up, but I had benched him the prior three scoring periods before his injury. But this offense is an absolute need uh, of of a surge, and, and this is the kind of guy that Carter's the kind of guy that has the skills that, that could provide that type. of uh, of activity for them. So I'm really curious to see what they're going to uh, do with him because they are in a, you know, they're in, they may not even make the playoffs and that's like mm-hmm. mind boggling considering where they were, but they may not even make the playoffs with the Astros of our full strength and hot and the Mariners offense, as we talked about, they've gotten hot. And then there's Texas side. What are they? Something like six of the uh, six and 19 in the last 25 games or something like that. So Carter is played ninth on Saturday. He's not hitting today against the lefty uh, and because they want to get uh, Robbie Grossman in against lefties. That's, I mean, that's when Robbie Grossman mostly plays, and Robbie Grossman's hitting third. So uh, this is what this offense needs, but it's it's not it's – it's been the bottom half of the lineup that struggled to turn things over. I mean, Simeon, Seager, Lowe, Garver, they've been doing their thing, but the bottom half of that lineup has been mostly a dead zone. Josh Smith has shown a little bit of signs of life of late, so uh, if Evan Carter is going to stick and play most of the time, I'm interested in the skills, this, particularly the speed. They should get him in motion uh, with things, but it's going to be down the bottom of the lineup. It's also going to be in what looks like a pretty strict platoon. Um, and yeah. the problem is, so if you are in a weekly league, they're only facing two lefties this week. So you get yeah. um, Ryu and Kikuchi. Uh, yeah, so you can you can use him still. Um in the you know in a weekly league, uh, however, if you're playing in NFBC, you can't use them the front half of the week. You can only use them no. the back half of the week. Um, and so I think I know for me, I play a lot of NFBC, so it's important to me. I'm probably not going to even try and pick him up um, uh, this week because if I can't use him the first half of the week, that's pretty much a quarter of the year. I already know I can't use him, and we don't even know how valuable he's going to be. Uh, now, there's definitely some speed in the profile, and I think it's a pretty good hit tool, but 
hit him in the bottom of the lineup. Uh, I know I can't use him the first half this week uh, and potentially maybe another time during the season, depending on what the uh, matchups are going to be. Uh, I just not not that interested. So I'm going to pass. Uh, all right. That is going to wrap us up for this episode. Uh, Jason, where can people reach you on social media and what are you working on? You can't find me on Twitter anymore. I've quit it uh, officially. So down there's the link tree. Jason Collette, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Blue Sky. If you need an invite code, reach out to me. I'll give you some. I have some. Uh, if you want to, I actually wrote an article yesterday on medium.com. So I'm trying to find it like an outlet if I just want to write non-fantasy stuff. And yesterday I wrote about uh, outs on basis. So I've, I've put some stuff up there and uh, threads. So I'm all those other places, but uh, me and Twitter have divorced. So can't find me there. Uh, and then collect calls column this week. I'm fully in 2024 mode uh, because I only write a weekly column. So by the time my advice comes out, you can't really act on it. So I am uh, looking at uh, eyes ahead. I'm getting ready to start doing the recap on uh, the bold prediction series. Went with, well, come on, Blake Snell, win that Cy Young, baby. That was my call. Uh, so, you know, some things like that. So I'm moving in that 2024 direction and uh, counting down days. I actually have to go to Phoenix the week before uh, first pitch Arizona. So I'm making back-to-back trips. Uh, I have to go for work uh, the middle of the week prior. So I'll be there twice. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But that first week, it's like, oh, I've got to do this work thing. Ew. Uh, so <laughs> the second time it will be the f- for fun. But, yeah, I'm going, now going to Phoenix twice. I'm not going to Phoenix twice. I'm going to Disneyland a couple weeks before Phoenix. So that'll be, uh, nice. that'd be fun as well. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter. at Mason F W F B. Uh, I am writing only two times a week at fantasy pros right now, down to two times for the rest of the season. Uh, but I'm writing five days a week over on fan grabs uh, on this podcast and uh, the friends of fantasy benefits podcast. Uh, come to first pitch Arizona. We're just going to keep plugging it, plugging it until we leave at the beginning of November. Uh, if you've never been, it's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I'm flying in on Wednesday and leaving on Sunday, uh, and it's just going to be um, an amazing experience, as it always is. So uh, definitely. Are you flying in on Wednesday as well? Nice. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be there late Wednesday night, uh, but I just wanted kind of all Thursday to do stuff. So, cool. um, you know, for me, uh, like I, I don't care as much about the panels. Uh, the panels are great, but uh, – for me, I just want to hang out with people as, as much as I can. So, uh, yeah, I'll be there Wednesday. I think Rob and I get there Wednesday. Um, I don't know, ten thirty or morning or so. Uh, so we'll be there kind of early because uh, we're experimenting about going hiking uh, somewhere. Right. So we're looking, we're looking at that. And uh, yeah, and that because I normally fly in that first thing Thursday, and it's like, okay, Rob, let's run. And so it's um, I'm going out a day early this year because I have the time. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure I used it this year. Yep. All right. That's going to wrap us up for this episode. For Jason and myself, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic baseball season. Thanks, guys.